Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Calabasas City Council meeting of January 22nd, 2014. My name is Fred Gaines. I'm the mayor of the city of Calabasas, and all council members are present, including Mayor Pro Tem David Shapiro and council members Lucy Martin, James Bazajan, and Mary Sue Maurer. We'll start our meeting with the Pledge of Allegiance led by Cub Scout Pack 333. And Michael, will you come to the microphone and lead us, please? Please stand. Right hand over your heart. Ready to begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael and Cub Scout Pack 333 for uh, coming to lead the Pledge of Allegiance. We will move forward with our agenda. The first item is approval of the agenda. Is there a motion for approval of the agenda? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Our agenda is approved. We'll move to announcements and uh, introductions. And we will uh, start with Councilwoman Martin. Um, I just wanted to uh, comment on your state of the city address. It was very, very uh, entertaining and uh, done very well, I thought. And uh, staff and the school district did a great job putting it all together um, and making it happen. So congratulations to you on that. Um, Saturday, this Saturday, January 25th, is um, straight up reality uh, party that we will be hosting in the city of, at a home in the city of Calabasas. Um, you can go to the city website or to straightupvc.com to get more information on it. And it's for parents. It shows you what, what is going on at these uh, parties that teenagers are going to. Um, it's very informative and an eye-opener. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, please go to the website and uh, register. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councilman Bazajan. Um I did also want to congratulate uh, our mayor on an outstanding State of the City address. You know, uh, every mayor puts his or her uh, mark on, on the State of the City address, and it really showed this year a little diversity. It was it was very interesting having it off-site. We've only done that once before, but it was a city facility, and there were logistical reasons for that, if, if you might remember. Uh, but this time, it was done differently. It was kind of like an, a very entertaining show. It was much more spontaneous and less planned, and it, it flowed extemporaneously very well. And I think it showed that um, it's nice occasionally, year after year after year, to spice things up a little bit. and have a little different show. So congratulations, Fred. It was very well received. Um, I want to remind everybody as well that we, oh, and at our media operations department, I'm looking right at Deborah Steller, there were additional challenges this year because it wasn't simply having the camera here at City Hall. It was off-site, and it was handled very well. I thought it, uh, it showed very well on, on a rebroadcast that I saw. So um, moving on to the Chamber of Commerce, the 
installation banquet for the new chamber officers of the Calabasas Chamber of Commerce is on Saturday evening. And I did want to uh, beforehand congratulate the Spirit of Calabasas Award winner, Carol Washburn, um, former First Lady of the city, and uh, wish her very well uh, on a well-earned award. It, it, it's one of those awards where you think she's already gotten it. She must have already gotten it, but she hasn't. And so I'm looking forward to being there and, and celebrating the evening with her. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Councilwoman Mauer. Um, I also wanted to congratulate Mayor Gaines on a wonderful State of the City address. You were uh, your funny self, you were serious, you captured the essence of our city. And I think what I appreciated most about it was how you shared the spotlight with our school, with Calabasas High School, having it at the new uh, Performing Arts and Education Center, having ja the student jazz band perform, having the a cappella group perform. It was really entertaining and um, I was so proud of you and our city, so congratulations on that. I have just a couple announcements. Today, the American Lung Association released their report card for California, California cities, 482 incorporated cities, and they grade cities on how well they're doing in controlling tobacco, um, exposure, secondhand smoke, and access by teenagers, among other regulations. And once again, the city of Calabasas received an A. We were only um, we're part of the 3% that received an A in the entire state, and I'm very proud of, of that record, so congratulations to us. I also want to mention that coming up on a Saturday, March 1st, it's a ways away, but I hope everyone will mark their calendar, the Santa Monica Mountain Conservancy will be dedicating a spectacular overlook up at Payuma um, in honor of Dave Brown, who was on our planning commission for 23 years and a longtime volunteer with the Santa Monica Mountain Conservancy. And so that's at 10 a.m. Saturday, March 1st at King Gillette Ranch. And we'll shuttle up to this lookout that is so vast and beautiful of the Santa Monica Mountains and quite appropriate for Dave. And I hope everyone will join us. Thank you very much, Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you very much, and uh, I will also, I have to take a moment to congratulate you, Mayor Gaines, on a fantastic State of the City address. Very entertaining. Uh, the staff did an amazing job. Deborah and everyone there did a fantastic job. It was first rate from beginning to end. The jazz combo, instrumental, the desserts by the Culinary Institute at the school were fantastic. And I didn't see the answer till the end as to who is the mayor of Calabasas. So I thought that was very, very clever. <laughs> but a great job. It was uh, reported to me that the people in the city who went enjoyed this as much as a variety show. They appreciated your humor and the entire event. So congratulations. Well done. Um, just wanted to, oh, I thought we had the dog. I wanted to announce uh, coming up, as we all know, is the Relay for Life in May, May 17th. Uh, ahead of that, I am the captain of the City of Calabasas team. Uh, we are, again, seeking to raise more and more money to help find a cure for research and a cure to help uh, those with cancer and those who may get cancer in the future. We have February 7th coming up, a 100-year celebration of the American Cancer Society. Uh, we are hosting at the Agur Hills Calabasas Community Center from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday night, February 7th. 
a Calabasas beer festival. We will have all kinds of beers. We will have giant Bavarian pretzels, soft pretzels, and even a Pink's hot dog cart for those who are so inclined. It should be a fun event, a great event, where all proceeds go to the American Cancer Society, to the Calabasas Relay for Life team. So uh, I believe there's a poster that might have just rolled out there uh, in front of Robert advertising the event. Anyone who wants to go, tickets are $25. And again, all proceeds go to the Calabasas City team for Relay for Life, all, ch all charity. So I hope you can all attend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your, for, to all my colleagues for your kind words on the State of the City Address. The, um, first of all, I, I, I'm, I'm so pleased we were able to utilize the uh, Calabas High School facility and the Performing Arts Center. It's really a spectacular facility. A lot of people had not been there before and we got them out there. That's a facility that we all uh, paid for and uh, voted for and uh, they uh, produced a, really an incredible state-of-the-art uh, facility, which uh, the city contributed some some funds, and in exchange has a relationship that allows them to use some days. So we used one of our days for uh, for that event. Let me just also talk more about our incredible staff. Um, they uh, just do an absolutely unbelievable job. Our media department, but it goes well beyond the media department. Really, almost every department in the city uh, participates, and. Um, uh, they did a fantastic job, and their, uh, the utilization of technology was absolutely state-of-the-art. Uh, the production is completely professional, and, uh, and it was just wonderful to work with them, and I appreciate, appreciate it so much. The, the students at the high school were fantastic. Uh, Paige Plaskoff, the student body president, and, uh, introduced uh, the program, and the, the jazz combo, instrumental, uh, many of the students that were working backstage, um, and... Uh, uh, C.J. Foss, our principal, was so welcoming and, and accommodating. So just uh, thank you to everyone, and, and I'm glad it went off well, and, and uh, look forward to next year. Um, tomorrow we are hosting the uh, monthly board meeting of Forvica, the Valley Industry and Commerce Association, at our Founders Hall. I think it's the first time we've done that. We're going to have 50 or 60 business leaders from around the Sanford, greater San Fernando Valley area come and see our city hall and uh, hear a little about what we're doing in Calabasas and uh, uh, why Calabasas is such a great place for business. So I'm looking forward to that meeting. I, I actually do sit as a representative and board member uh, of VICA. The uh, Calabasas High School basketball team continues to be doing great. And next Friday, the 31st, is the day they need your support. This is the big game. We play Westlake. It's the game for the championship of the Marmonte League. Uh, Friday night at 7.30 at the high school, boys basketball, Calabasas High versus Westlake. I hope you'll join uh, the Mayor Pro Tem and I out there uh, at, uh, at the game. It's a lot of fun if you haven't been out there before. Um, right before this meeting tonight, we had a very, very special ceremony in the Calabasas Library, where we unveiled a beautiful painting, a portrait of Kevin Cardasco, our, our honorary mayor. Uh, and it was a beautiful ceremony, very well attended. 50, 60 people were there. And I urge everyone to stop by the Children's Library and see uh, this beautiful painting that's been hung uh, in, uh, in Kevin's memory in our library. And uh, we, oh, good. Oh, and if you look at the screen, you'll see a picture of the ceremony from earlier uh, earlier this evening. And uh, we will be adjourning tonight in memory of Sandra Singer, and we'll, uh, I don't see her family here, so we'll hold off on the, uh, on the um, 
on the memorial comments until the end of the meeting. With that, we will move forward to oral communications and public comment. <clears throat> and we have a very special uh, public comment tonight, uh, just to show that we uh, honor all of our uh, achievements here in Calabasas. We have uh, Pam Francis, who is a local resident, and she has brought uh, with us one of our local champions, Reagan. And uh, Pam, if you'll come up to the podium and show everyone Reagan. We are here tonight to wish Reagan the best. Reagan is going off to New York for the Westminster Dog Show. Reagan is a standard poodle that has won many championships throughout uh, the Western United States, including in La Quinta and Del Mar. Maybe you can come out and bring the dog around the front here so we can, uh, we can. Yeah. So Reagan has won championships throughout the Western United States, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, throughout California, Del Mar, and uh, La Quinta, uh, and others. And uh, Reagan is on uh, on its way to the Westminster Dog Show, which is going to be starting on February 10th in New York. It's the granddaddy of them all. It's the big, big show. And we will be rooting... Uh, We'll be rooting Reagan on uh, uh, via the television that it would because the show is televised and. The All right, so w people can uh, can hear that. That uh, maybe you can repeat it into the microphone. Very good. And uh, Carlton Tucker is the handler, is that Carlton right? Carlton Tucker is the handler, and Reagan prefers to be in his lap, but when they're in the ring, they have a good time. <laughs> Tell us Reagan's show name. Reagan's show name, okay, <laughs> this is a long one, is Champion Champagne Celebration, Midnight Dancer, Don Shada, NLD. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Welcome likes to Reagan. showcase the pedigree behind the dog in the kennels, so that's how they get yards long, but he was indeed a champagne, reason to celebrate with champagne, and that's why I named him that when I got him as a puppy, I, he just was so beautiful, and to tell you the truth, it's just been, it's been a thrilling experience, and to some degree unexpected, and I got a show dog, but I had no idea I was going to have a, this kind of a show dog, so it's been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for your well wishes and your support of Reagan. It's Great. Well, the city of Calabasas sweet. is behind you, and uh, we're rooting for Reagan. And, you. Uh, you and know. This, by the way, this young man is a student at Calabasas High School, and he conditions Reagan. He takes Reagan for runs. Obviously, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. So Louis comes over and runs Reagan several times a week and keeps him in good shape, and they have a good time together, too. Yeah. Great. And his name is? Yeah, um, I'm Louis Katayama. Mm -hmm. yeah. Welcome, Louis. Thank you. Anything you want to tell us about Reagan? Um, well, he's the first show dog I ever have taken care of and have ever conditioned this way. But um, he's beautiful and fantastic. And I, he has a lot of potential. So I hope he does well in the competition. Uh, we hope so, too. But we'll love him anyway. 
What I noticed about Reagan outside the meeting, he's got quite a personality. He is a happy, fun-loving, normal dog. Thank he doesn't you. look too normal. <laughs> and right and could now. you walk okay. him like how he would be walked? Is there a certain look you try no. and get, or is he? I, I can try. I can, uh, that's why I am. There you go. I think, did we have those pictures, Deborah, for the, oh, okay. Uh, you'll be able to see a couple of what he looks like in the ring, which is a little different. They bouffant the hair up and they. There, you know, there, we, go. there we go. Yeah, that's him. Reagan. So you can see there's a little difference there. <laughs> Regardless of uh, how you feel politically, everyone always said Reagan has great hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so does his name say. <laughs> Pam, well, thank, thank you very much for coming. My pleasure. And thank congratulations and thank good you. luck at uh, Westminster. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll all be uh, rooting for, for Reagan and for you. And uh, please let us know how he does. And, I sure all right. Thank you, so Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> okay, we'll continue with, uh, and of course, a little better to see dogs in this condition than at the last meeting. Um, the <laughs> our next speaker under oral communications is Jennifer Bercy, who also has beautiful hair. Thank you, Fred. Um, so uh, David kind of beat me to it, but um, I do have two um, events that I would like to share with you guys. I know I'm like the relay lady, but I just want to share with the rest of the public that I'm a volunteer for the American Cancer Society. This is not my job. Um, so I do do this because I care about the cause. Um, so we do have our beer tasting coming up on uh, February 7th, Friday, February 7th at the Agora Hills Calabasas Community Center from 6 to 9. And we are very excited to be showcasing some of our local um, businesses as well as um, lots of stuff going on. So, and for some of us that don't drink beer, there will be a wine table or two. So um, it's fun for everybody. I have tickets here tonight. You guys can always call me. I think my phone number is gonna be on the poster. So anybody can please call me. I will deliver tickets. I will uh, meet you somewhere, whatever it takes to get you guys there. Secondly, I would like to also tell you about um, on Wednesday, February 12th, from 5.30 to 7.30 at Sagebrush Cantina, we are having a survivor event. So we do one or two of these every year prior to our event to just celebrate our survivors and, and get jazzed up about our, uh, our relay event coming up. So it, they can bring a guest, um, another survivor, a spouse, caregiver, um, anybody that wants to come and hang out with us. It's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have a photo booth. It is totally a red carpet event, free to them. We just invite them to come and have dinner with us and celebrate survivors. So again, you can contact me if you wanna RSVP at 818-388-8251 or um, go to our website relayforlife.org backslash Calabasas CA to sign up for any of those things or sign up for the relay event itself. Thank you guys. Thank you Jennifer. Our next speaker I have Michelle and Lauren Hill.
Welcome. Hello. The, Lauren and I are here tonight because we wanted to revisit the issue of reinstating the crossing guard at the Lost Hills and uh, Cold Springs intersections at the A.E. Wright footbridge. Um, Lauren, about six weeks ago, came home and said, oh, I've got to tell you what this is like, and started talking about the experience of walking through the crosswalk. So she did write it down, but um, we thought it was important for her to come and tell you all what it's like for an 11-year-old in a basic crosswalk trying to get to school. Um, when I'm crossing the crosswalk, it's really scary. Um, I'll press the button, the lights flash, but it doesn't seem like anybody sees them. As soon as I step into the crosswalk, there'll be cars that speed by trying to take the last moment to keep going, to get wherever they want to go. And then um, there'll be cars that are stopped in the very middle, in between everybody else. So as soon as we pass where they want to go, they'll also just come speeding past us. There's police cars that have been stopped in the very middle of the intersection. Um, as soon as I pass any of the cars in the crosswalk, they'll, they, they just kind of speed by. As soon as I get past, I like, feel the wind of the cars. It's really scary. Um, we really need a crossing guard. So, um, it was, I believe it was early last week, and Lauren was crossing, and it was sort of an unmarked police car. And just kind of came right to the crosswalk, waited for the kids to go by, and zoomed by. A lot of the cars, you know, we've said this so many times before in coming to these meetings, they're not trying to do this. It's just the circumstances of kids and cars and the craziness. So um, we would just hope that you would please consider adding the crossing guard issue to the agenda for the next city um, council meeting so that this could be discussed further and possibly going, um, going forward trying to come up with um, a serious plan to try to take care of this issue. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. We will, um, I have one more card. Anyone else who'd like to speak during public comment needs to fill out a card and give it to the city clerk. But I have one last card and that is Alicia Weintraub. Good, e Good evening, Mayor and members of the City Council. Alicia Weintraub, City of Calabasas. I'm here tonight on the subject of the drought and wanted to know if the City Council, in partnership with the Water District Board, can work together to educate the residents of Calabasas on what they can do to conserve water during this historical drought. I know people are so excited about the warm weather and the temperatures, but I don't think most people are really thinking about the severity of the drought and what it's going to do in the long term with our water resources. So I just was wondering what the City Council is planning to do to educate residents, possibly an all-call by our city manager, information on the websites, information with the water district, but something it seems like a very important issue that we need to work on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, that's uh, the cards we have, and maybe during city manager's report we can talk briefly about, uh, about the two issues that were raised during the oral communications today. <coughs> um, we are on to the consent calendar, the consent items. These are items one through four. Uh, are there any items that people would like to have removed from the consent calendar, or is there a motion for the calendar? I'd like to remove number three. Number three. Any other items? I'd like to move the rest. There's a motion uh, to adopt by consent items one, and two, and four. Two and four. Is there a second? Seven. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? 
Those items are adopted. We are on to item three. Councilwoman Martin, do you request a staff report or have a comment? No, I just wanted um, uh, the city attorney to give clarification. This was a project that was approved in 2006 um, and is coming back to this council for a final track map. But it was not this council that, that made the um, approval. So I just wanted clarification on a project from 2006 coming back on 2013. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Mayor, members of council, council member Martin, uh, beyond the normal 36 month life of a tentative map, the state legislature has seen fit numerous times over the last decade to extend the life of tentative maps for now what appears to be a total of 13 years. Uh, therefore, this map, uh, as long as it would continue to remain viable, would expire in July of 2016. And we're here tonight to consider a final map, which essentially is a ministerial act by the council, as long as the uh, subdivider has complied with the preconditions outlined in the tentative map. Any further questions or discussions on this item? Uh, I would also note that that particular piece of property was the subject of several council hearings starting in the late 1990s. And uh, this was not the only configuration of that property at one point. I'm not going to get into the history of it, but it, it was going to be vastly different. And it's come back in front of us several times, not recently. So it actually predates 2006. Any further comments or questions on this item? Is there a motion on item three? Right. So moved. It's been moved. Is there a second? Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor of adoption of item three say aye. 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 Opposed? The item carries. I just wanted to add one thing about item number four. Um, this was a COLA for our city manager. I wanted to take this opportunity to let him know how much we appreciate his service to our city. Um, it is a wonderful place to live and it's uh, in great part to your leadership and the staff that works for the city of Calabasas. So thank you. Here, here. Very good. Thank you for those comments and uh, they're shared. Um, we move to public hearing. This is item number five. This is a public hearing for consideration of the following matter, review and approval of projects for the 40th program year, 2014 through 2015, community development block grant, CDBG funding, and adoption of resolution number 2014-1396, approving the C. DBG 40th program year 2014-2015. Madam Clerk, <coughs> excuse me, Madam Clerk, has proof of posting and publication been filed for this public hearing? Yes, Mr. Mayor, no correspondence was received. Okay, the public hearing is now open. I have no cards. Is there any member of the public that would like to address the council on this item? Seeing none. Uh, the public hearing is closed. Staff, uh, is there a staff report? Yeah, I have a quick couple comments to bring you up to speed on uh, this year's uh, community development block grant projects, if I may. Um, this evening, uh, I have Robin Parker and myself here to answer any questions. We also have Michael Neal, who's the consultant uh, who handles the things out in the park uh, with all the tenants and also the contractors who do the actual work. Michael works for Pacific Municipal Consultants, and he's here to answer all the technical questions, if there are any. 
But uh, once again, this year we are recommending that the community development block grant funds be utilized for the residential rehabilitation program, which as you're, if you can recall, for the past uh, six years with one year off is what we've been utilizing uh, this money that we get from the federal government for. And um, the member, the, the residents up in the park are really grateful uh, for this, these projects that we have. As you'll recall, we do things such as emergency repairs, improvements to substandard properties. We also do uh, roof repair and replacement, water heater replacement, uh, a lot of ADA, handicap ramps, door widenings, bathroom retrofits, replacements of heating and air conditioning systems with the money that we receive there. Uh, of the um, approximately, at one time when we did community outreach, I think we had a total of 45 people on the waiting list. And over the past fiscal years, we've reduced that down to where there's only 17 uh, left. And so it looks like in a two or three more years, we should have that list completely down. But then there'll be new people, I'm sure, that will need the services. Uh, this year, we're getting approximately $85,000. And that will hopefully, if we can stretch it and make it work, we can do about 10 to 12 projects in the park. Uh, this year, kind of a unique circumstance, we have one project that's actually outside of the park in a condominium. Um, as you'll recall also, we offer grants up to a maximum of $7,500. We do do loans, that option is available, but normally the people would rather partake of the grants. And that's all I have, if you have any questions for me. Are there any questions regarding the staff report? Yes, Mary Sue. I, I have a couple questions. First, John, I wanted to thank you for administering this program. I think it's of great value to our residents. I have a couple questions. Did you consider any other options in restructuring these loans? And it's tied into the second question, which is, um, I think it would be a good idea at some point to take the pulse of the people that we serve to see what they think and get some feedback on the amounts are too high, too low. Um, they'd like to see them smaller. I, I would just... Sure. I like that kind of feedback. So it, it sounds like it might be too late this round, and I'm a strong proponent of, of this, but perhaps you could at some point yeah, the, see. The one, I, don't, I didn't get into a lot of detail about the program, but in certain circumstances, we are able to, through the flexibility of the CDC and the federal guidelines, the standard amount that we grant is $7,500, but in special circumstances, we have the option to go up to $10,000. And we did on two projects this year. Sometimes the roofs are in such poor repair that there's just no way that the 7,000 figure is enough. So we have some flexibility with that. The loans, um, for whatever reason, a lot of times people just don't want to get involved with a loan. So they go with the grants, and we're usually able to come in and really upgrade the coaches there uh, in a substantial way to make them safer and healthier. And uh, we could get some testimonials for you if you wanted to that from people who are really, really pleased when we're finished uh, with what's you know transpired and to up upgrade their coaches. It is a popular program. Um, I just think sometimes residents have a different perspective and could offer a suggestion on something or other. But thank you for this program, and thank you, too. 
Any other questions from the council? I had a question. Um, this is for uh, low income, is how you can participate in this program. Right, low and moderate income and people. Moderate income. So if you, I know most of it is in the mobile park, but if you own a home, it's <coughs> harder to get this grant because you actually have property? It's not any harder to get the grant if you live in a home. Uh, the, it's uh, based on household income. So it applies if you're in a modular home or a single family residence. We just, we seem to have a, a concentration in that area and most of, we have some people on the waiting list that aren't in a mobile home, but probably 90% of our cases are mobile homes. Mobile homes. But the, it is available community-wide. Right, and the, and the limits and the, the uh, eligibility table is on our website and people can look it up to see if they're eligible. It gives the breakdown of the number of people per household and then the dollar amount that they can earn um, to be eligible for the program. Okay, maybe there's a way we could reach out because I know there's a lot of residents that um, could probably qualify, um, but since it's always been a you know, concentrated location, they just feel that, you know, that it's not for them. So if we can. Yeah, no, the, the program is available to anyone to who meets anyone. The, the federal okay. guidelines. Okay. Thank you. John, maybe you can describe the waiting list and um, what the application process is and what the uh, eligibility requirements are. Sure. Michael is the expert in that, so he can handle that question. Michael, I'd love to have you explain it's, that. It's a first come, first serve waiting list. Mm -hmm. And uh, to get on the waiting list, I will provide an application questionnaire just to see if it appears that the applicant meets the basic requirements for the program. If they do, they go on the waiting list. That's one of the reasons why we haven't done more marketing of the program. We may have a two-year-long wait list now, and I know from managing the waiting list that if somebody is on for much longer than a year, they start to wonder if we've forgotten about them. Um, but once uh, you, your name comes up to the top of the waiting list, you renew the uh, application packet. I have to verify the ownership, income. I do uh, submit reports to Los Angeles County to get clearance on the projects. When they give us a green light, we can start a project. And you may recall that uh, I think it was Four years ago, we did do a community outreach. We had a meeting at the park, and we did a lot of publicity. We put out a press release, and we had a meeting where I think we had at least 75 people uh, from the park, mostly, uh, there, and they got the information. Michael was there, and um, that's how we got such a huge waiting list for a long time, and we've been slowly whittling that list down each year. and uh, but. I don't think the waiting list will ever go away. There will always be a need for, uh, you know, these funds to, to do the kind of repairs that are eligible. And can people get information about the program off the city website? Correct. Or they can contact me, uh, and um, you know, I'm I'm here at City Hall, and uh, my name is on the uh, the web page that describes the program, and my phone number. Okay, are there any further questions from the council? Uh, seeing none, uh, is there a motion on this item? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Is there any further discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? 
the uh, motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you. Before we go to the next item, I neglected during my little announcement regarding the state of the city to reiterate that at the state of the city, we launched our Connect with Calabasas app. And we actually probably should have a short presentation at a future council meeting about that. But you can download now the Connect with Calabasas app, which allows you to communicate uh, with the city, uh, receive all kinds of information. I imagine even make an inquiry about a CDBG grant, if you'd like. Um, so uh, I urge everyone who uh, uses apps to check their app store for the Connect with Calabasas app. All right, we are now on to item number six. This is a public hearing for consideration of the following matter. Request to amend the City of Calabasas Development Code pursuant to Calabasas Municipal Code section 17.76.010 in order to correct typographical formatting and wording errors. Staff has determined that the project is categorically exempt from the California Environmental Quality Act pursuant to section 15061B3 of the California CEQA guidelines. Madam City Clerk, has the proof of posting and publication been filed for this public hearing? Yes, Mr. Mayor, and no correspondence was received. Thank you. I have no cards for public hearing. Is there anyone here in the council chamber that would like to speak on this item? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Uh, do we have a staff report? Sure, I have a short presentation. Does the council need a presentation I, on this? If um, they're just cosmetic, no. then I, I'm, uh, I'm happy to have the presentation, but uh, the item was self-explanatory, at least to me, in the staff report. This was typographical yeah. corrections. Are there any questions or comments or need for a staff report? I think we should have staff report. Okay, please, staff report. The uh, council adopted the 2030 general plan in December 2008. Uh, subsequent to that, there was an effort to adopt and update the new development code and zoning map in January 2010. Uh, the city council, I'm sorry, the general plan was adopted in 2008 and subsequently the development code was adopted in January 2010. And in May of 2012, the council adopted a uh, development code update to the zoning map, as well as to the development code to amend and correct topographical wording and mapping errors. Since that time, staff has discovered a number of technical errors. Those errors were presented to the plan commission on December 19, 2013, and the commission unanimously uh, recommended approval to the city council to adopt those amendments. Uh, just to reiterate, there are no introductions of any new development standards to the development code. Uh, the only objective is to make corrections to the development code to ensure consistency between the code and the general plan and other adopted plans. Uh, staff broke down the, uh, the amendments. The ones that are listed um, in front of you right now are simply uh, incorrect in numerical references or omitted language or, uh, for example, in the hobby form section, there was a bracket missing. So these are really simple errors. Um, these, I can provide a, a brief narrative just to, um, just to explain what, what we're doing here. In the land use table, uh, the mobile home park is identified as a land use, but it's uh, what's not identified is under what zone it's allowed and under what entitlement. So it's conditionally allowed under the residential mobile home district. Uh, the same thing for uh, private schools. Um, it 
was previously allowed in the previous code under the residential rural. It was inadvertently omitted in the adopted code, so we're uh, just identifying it that it's allowed conditionally. Uh, an example of that would be the viewpoint school. Um, the next one is to the uh, residential district general development standards. Uh, the table has to be reformatted. Uh, there is no um, identified height for the uh, residential mobile home zone. And under the residential rural and rural communities, there are incorrect references to the allowed heights. Um, all residential zones uh, have an allowed height of 35 feet, so we're just correcting that. And then to the special purpose zone districts, uh, the open space development uh, restricted zone, which is making sure that uh, it's currently it's it's uh, blank, so we're just writing in not applicable to make sure that everyone understands that there's no development allowed, so there's no height corresponding to that. And in the public facilities and recreation zones, uh, we are inputting the determined by development plan process, which is the same process that was in the previous code. Uh, the project is exempt from CEQA. Uh, findings can be found in the City Council Ordinance number 2014-310. Uh, staff recommends that the City Council adopt Ordinance number 2014-310, approving file number 13001608, amending the Calabasas Land Use and Development Code. And that concludes staff's presentation. <coughs> Thank you very much. We're very appreciative of the mind-numbing detail that you have gone into in this, uh, in this item. And uh, is there any, are there any further questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, is there a motion? I, I had a question. Yes. Um, the uh, the seventeen twenty of the design considerations. Um, we added community development director for second. That still goes to planning commission for approval. No. Uh, what we did is certain entitlements. For example, in the administrative plan review, that is approved by the director. However, for example, a new house, new two-story home would go to the director for review. The community director still uses the second-story guidelines to review those um, homes, and therefore, but, the, but that is absent in the current code. So we just want to make sure that everyone is aware that even though it doesn't go to the uh, architecture review panel, the community development director does use those guidelines in a, um, in a determination made final determination made. It's not affecting at all what the decision-making process is or the hearing process. It's clarifying that the director, same as the ARP, should consult those guidelines and use those guidelines, apply them in making the decision. Okay. Thank you. Any further questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, is there a motion this item? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you very much. Second reading. Okay. Is it on on that one? Because the next one says introduction of ordinance. They're both. They're both. All right. We have a continuing on our early spring cleaning of the Calabasas Municipal Code. We move on to item number seven, introduction, in, excuse me, introduction of ordinance number 2014-309, amending Title II chapters 2.30, 2.37, 2.38, 2.39, 2.43 of the Calabasas Municipal Code. This is generally a cleanup to um, match our commission 
uh, activities with what frankly has actually already been happening. Uh, so uh, I don't, is there a staff report on this item? I, I don't see staff running to the uh, desk to, uh, to give a staff report. Um, Mr. Mayor, you want me to go over the staff report that we have? Excuse me? Do you want me to go over the staff report that we have? I'll ask the council. I, the staff report was clear to me. I do not need a further staff report, but if any other member would like to hear a report on this, um, we can have one. I, I have no, a no. question on one item. All right, let's, first of all, anyone need a staff report? No. Okay, seeing none. Your question, Councilman Bajan. My question is on uh, section, well, the Calabasas Public Safety Commission, the student member. You know, it's been a while since I looked through the code and actually compared the different paragraphs, but I thought that there was a catch-all provision regarding student, mem student commission membership on each commission that granted the commissioners the discretion to do that from when, if they so chose. Is that not the case? It wasn't the case for this particular commission. Um, in 2008, a, a resolution was adopted by the council instead of doing an ordinance um, or a cleanup to the ordinance to add it. They, they went with a resolution. So it was really never added to the ordinance, to the okay. municipal code, I mean. Well, the re one of the reasons I ask is that, I, well, I know that the, the Public Safety Commission's always, they were the first commission with a student member. Because when I was on the commission in 1993, there was a student member. So it must have gotten taken out somehow. So do all the commissions now have the ability to appoint a student member? Correct. Every Court single one has, and is the paragraph, does it read the same as this one? We made it uniform with all the other um, commissions. So this, this paragraph will appear in every single one? It should. Including historic preservation and all that? Because some of these were enacted at different times. My, my point is that I want to make sure that it's uniform and that every commission has the ability to bring in a student. I think it's very valuable to do that. So, so I don't mind passing this tonight, but can you check to make sure? I'll double check before it's adopted next, for next meeting. That the paragraph will reads appear the same and is really clear in each commission. Correct. Okay. I will do that. Thank you. All right. Are there any further questions or comments? Is there a motion in this item? I would so move. It's been moved. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded. All those, uh, any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor of this item, please say aye. 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 Opposed? The uh, uh, item carries. And just uh, for, for the, the record, Fred, I was not the student commissioner back in 1993. <laughs> I just want you to. It was 94. A little bit old for that, but anyways. Okay. Um, our next item on the agenda is a um, is the item of voter outreach. I'm going to ask. I see members of the public who are here who may be waiting for the city manager's report, where I said we would d discuss briefly the um, some of the comments from public comment. Would you? Would the council mind if we skip to the city manager's report and did that now? Okay. Um, Tony, do you have a city manager's report? I just had uh, two items, and that's that I signed a letter going uh, to LAFCO withdrawing our application for annexation of Mountain View Estates, and that should have gone out today. And then uh, I've talked with uh, Deborah about, uh, in, in our app, uh, having uh, a section of it called Dine Calabasas, where we can link to all the restaurant menus in the city so that if anybody's interested in what the menus are, just uh, push that. So that, that might be coming as an addition to uh, Great. to our to our wrap, and, and that's all. 
Right, or it could also be a shop calabasas right, right. link as well. We, we do have a shop calabasas, but the problem is that a lot of the of the businesses don't have the website, so all we've been doing, but all the restaurants have pretty much websites and menus. Did you, can you copy that letter to the Mountain View Estates Board so they know what? Okay. Just, just I think it should sure. go as a formality, as a courtesy to them. Any questions or comments on the city manager's report? I have a, I have a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, there has been some uh, media recently about uh, the report that was put out by the state controller relating to uh, employees and uh, expenditures by the various cities. And uh, at a future meeting, if you could include in your city manager's report just a brief uh, discussion of, of that, uh, the, the results of that report, and um, I think that would be informative to the council and the public. Sure will. Uh, uh, Commissioner Weintraub was here earlier and raised the issue of the drought. I think it's a good point, um, and uh, why don't we ask uh, Public Works Department to uh, how to best uh, work with the Water District providing information. I, I don't know if I want to do an all call, but I but we certainly could include it in in I e news. Can, I, we I, can I can call Dave Peterson and find out what are their what 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 are their plans. I'm, you remember the last time they established a water budget for every single home in California. Right. Well, why don't you invite them to come and right. give a five or we, ten minute we, presentation? So they, let, let's so let's invite them to discuss what exactly that means the drought uh, emergency that was announced and things that we can do, and then. Um, as part of that, we can uh, publicize the information that is available on the city website um, and potentially and we'll you know, make him. further announcements in e-news and other, through other city media. Lastly, there was the uh, community members that came forward tonight regarding the crossing guard uh, on Lost Hills. Um, my understanding is that, that we would continue throughout the year to be doing, to do counts to determine whether the intersection meets the criteria, and I'm just wondering. We did one two weeks ago, and it was 17 in the morning. So, so, in the morning. so it's still it, in the afternoon. It's it's about 40 something, 40, something. 40 to 50, depending. Is there on the a day. reason for the discrepancy that we can figure out? Uh, yes, because people walk home. Uh, be, be, people walk to the community center for programs in the afternoon. No, but I mean, are they? No, we don't. We don't know the discrepancy. But but are they but, are they coming during that same time period where putting a guard out would be helpful? No, <laughs> not in the morning. It, no. it, and and the and the issue and the issue remains the same. We have the white shuttle bus that folks can put their kids in if they feel uncomfortable with a crosswalk. Uh, we have the drop-offs that were in place before we ever had the crosswalk, so people can or or. You know, but 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 it's still it, we're we're periodically doing, and when it meets the threshold, then I'll come back to council and I'll say that it's met the threshold. Yeah. All right. Are there any uh, uh, further questions about this? And then and then the I mean the determination of where this uh, where the crossing guards do go occurs typically uh, over the summer before the start of the school year. Although any time the counts would reach necessary level, you would be in a position to be able to. Yes. To deal with that, and and we we are doing periodic counts. Well, the word to everybody year. is: if you want a crossing guard, encourage folks to walk, particularly in the morning, and then we will the counts will be reflected, and we're still periodically doing it. Uh, the sheriff is still there monitoring. Uh, Lewis uh, is out there making his comments about the, and and I have not heard of a safety issue at that intersection. Well, can, can we get the when you do a survey? 
it'd be nice to to know shortly after that so that we can keep track. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And I'll, do a cumulative track. Because, you know, because when citizens ask, I would like to be able to say here are the numbers. I'll, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you the cumulative track of, but, but I have, I, we are, we're doing, we're spot checking. It's not of like, course. A, yeah, and so, and so, yeah. and so we're, and I'll send the numbers that have, that. Okay. Yes. Mr. State Attorney. We're, Mr. Mayor, remember <laughs> the unagendized item. not on the agenda, it's brief comments related to it. And that's Correct, related to, uh, Information yeah, I, I that you'd like the city manager else. to provide at some point. In uh, your next report, I don't recall us discussing an outcome where one part of the day meets the threshold and the other part doesn't meet the threshold. So, and your next report, can you, yeah. not now, no. can you, because um, clearly the afternoon meets that threshold where you've got a lot of kids crossing. I think the number's 30. It was in a two-hour period, and, and it right. doesn't it right. doesn't qualify. Even with the afternoon the numbers, it doesn't qualify. The right. to be met at both times. That's right. the a written requirement. But uh, he can provide that again in the next uh, report. Okay. Thank you for taking out of order the city manager's report so that we could address the issue. And uh, you're more than welcome to stay. We're going to talk about voter participation, um, which is not a completely unrelated item. Uh, we have, as you know, at previous meetings, talked about the issue of voter participation uh, in the city of Calabasas. We have, um, we have a history of a 20 to 25 percent turnout for our local municipal Calabasas elections. Sometimes they're as low as 18 percent, sometimes 14 percent, the, the 14 percent, sometimes uh, 28. If if tumult is abounds, we get up to 28 percent, but um, uh, not particularly stellar voter turnout. Uh, this year we had uh, a school board election. So we had three elections in the city this year. We had a municipal election this spring, which had about a 22% turnout. Is that right? I think I'm yes. remembering the number correct. Then in uh, November we had the school board election where the only thing on the ballot in Calabasas was the school uh, district election. Uh, two open seats, contested election. Um, we had about a 10% turnout in Calabasas for that election. And then um, uh, we had a special election two weeks later where the only thing on the ballot was the, uh, a, a, a runoff or a general election for a, a state assembly, vacant state assembly seat. And the turnout in Calabasas was in the single digits, something in the eight or 9% range. So we um, had asked the city clerk to look at um, issues related to voter outreach as to how we can well in advance of our next uh, election, which doesn't occur, at least our city election doesn't occur for over a year, um, and uh, come back to us with some ideas for how we can uh, do potentially a better job of encouraging voter turnout in Calabasas. And with that, um, I'd like to turn it over to uh, Mari. And Mari, thank you so much for putting this report together, hopefully the first step of many that we can on this important issue. You're welcome, Mr. Mayor, members of the council. So the proposed voter outreach program <coughs> focuses on increasing public awareness and encourages civic participation during the upcoming March 2015 election and our future elections via voter outreach, registration activities, and poll recruitment. And we'll do all this with the collaboration of the Las Virginis Unified School District, the League of Women Voters, and the Registrar of Voters. 
And the goals of the program are to increase civic participation again through voter registration, increase voter turnout, and recruit, recruit poll workers. The objectives of the program is um, to use various communication tools, including social media, the city's online calendar, website, CTV, radio station, newsletters, and mobile application. Increase the number of registered voters using the March 2013 general election count as a baseline. Conduct voter registration drives with high school students and large community events. And strengthen our ties with the LVUSD, the League of Women Voters, and the Registered Voters. Some of the highlights of the program is to increase distribution of voter registration cards, vote by mail applications, and general election information beyond City Hall to include all city facilities frequented by the public. Include voter registration cards and vote by mail applications and inform residents about important deadlines, volunteer opportunities, and upcoming election days via the city's e-news, mobile app, and recreation and senior activity guides. Um, as well as broadcast public service announcements on CTV, distribute voter registration cards and, uh, and or vote by mail applications at large city events such as concerts, or concerts at the park or the pumpkin festival. Inform the public about the ability to register to vote online and continue to provide information on the city's website with links to the registered voters the secretary, and the Secretary of State websites. Um, also compile a contact list of community partners, media contacts, and interested parties to notify, of no, uh, notify them of dates associated with the election cycle. Uh, in regard to high school outreach, uh, we'll continue the practice implemented in 2013 to mail letters to all Calabasas High School gradu graduating students from the mayor, encouraging them to register to vote and get out and vote. Community partners continue working with the LVUSD to distribute voter registration cards to graduating students. And the League of Women Voters has um, informed us that they will speak at each homeowner association <coughs> meeting prior to any election to give them um, information on election and how to vote and information regarding election. Um, we will continue working with the register of voters to track the number of registered voters. We'll distribute a mailer to city households with no record of registered voters. And just as, just as we place the vote banner and all the different uh, um, arterials of the city, we'll also place a, to, a banner to encourage the residents to register to vote. So the metrics that we'll use um, is increased number of registered voters in comparison to the March 2013 election and the, as we all know, the election results from 2013 were uh, registered voters 15,537, and the turnout was 3,384, or 22%. And that concludes my presentation. If you have any questions, I'm available. Okay, are there questions or comments? Uh, I have no cards from the public. Are there members of the public who would like to speak on this item? All right. Uh, council members, do you have any questions or comments on the report? I have a few. Council member Bizarre. First of all, I'm sorry that nobody from the public is here to speak. I think that that kind of summarizes the problem. We have in Calabasas one of the highest proportions of registered voters to population of any city in the county. 
We have one of the highest participation rates in regular election cycles of any city in the county. And these things are tracked and we always finish in the very top percentile. So it's a shame that our voter uh, participation in our own municipal elections is low. It is not low compared to other cities. It's about where most other cities are. In fact, it's probably a slightly higher than most cities, but it still is low. So here are a couple of my suggestions. Um, first of all, just one comment uh, about the outreach that's on a little bit on the negative side. I don't think our problem is voter registration here. I think we have a huge percentage of our eligible registered voters who are actually registered. That's really not, I, I hope that we're not going to spend too much time on that because that's really not the issue. You come across very few eligible unregistered voters in this city and our elections are right after the November elections, either gubernatorial or presidential, when the maximum number of people are registered to vote. So you're, it's really, you're, you're only going to get a very small smattering of people registering to vote with those kinds of outreaches. It's fine to do, but not at the expense of other things. A um, couple comments on precincts. The registrar recorder draws precincts. The people down there do it down in Norwalk. They don't know anything about the city. And they look on a map, an aerial map, and they draw little squares. So that if you live in the Oaks, and you're at the edge of the Oaks, the latter part of the Oaks, your precinct is Danza Park because they have no idea that you have to go all the way around the city and, and it take, it's a half hour between the time you drive there and drive back. That's a very discouraging thing. Um, we should be proactive when, and, and I, I know we have been a little bit more in recent years. If you live at the end of the park estates, your polling place is sometimes the mobile home park because they look on a map and you're right, it, you're right there. So we need to tell them that that's not acceptable. They need to, to look at our streets and, and, and maybe we could offer some suggestions on how to do the precincts. But that's a voter discouragement right there. If I may answer that question, I went to a meeting to um, the Register of Voters last year and they agree that every time or before they draw the precincts, they're going to contact the city to make sure that we're um, in agreement with them. I appreciate that because that's been a big problem in the past. Um, Okay, another thing with the precincts, I know most people vote by mail, but we have had a consolidation of precincts and we've now gotten rid of some precincts. I, I know it, it, there is some cost associated with opening precincts, but I don't see a reason why we went from nine to seven. We only have two precincts in Calabasas Park, for example. I think that's really not sufficient with the layout of Calabasas Park to, to, to offer that. And so we collapsed one precinct in Calabasas Park, we um, got rid of the Saratoga Hills precinct. There's enough voters to justify keeping the neighborhood precinct open. I think it does generate some enthusiasm and discussion and whatnot. You're not going to get a, a huge percentage increase of voters, but you'll get some. Um, then on the publicity, uh, I, I like all the ideas about the banners and the advertising and whatnot. But let's make sure that we have it planned early for the early voting, which is now dominant, and also that we have the plan in place prior to the election so that we don't alter the plans. In other words, I don't want anyone to be able to accuse the city of somehow altering the publicity plans for the election 
just because, uh, you know, to favor one candidate or the other or to favor one cause or the other. So it should all be in place what we're going to do well ahead of the election. And finally, to the, to the public, um, we don't have a lot of control over the date of the election. We keep, I may as well say it now because we keep getting asked this. The, the Board of Supervisors, the Registrar Recorder, they won't let us change it to uh, a regular election cycle like a presidential cycle, even if we wanted to. But what we could do is maybe ask to change it to conform with most of the other cities in the area, like Agoura Hills and Westlake Village, and have it in November of odd years so that at least we have something else on the ballot, the school board elections. It would mean a higher turnout of our residents for school board elections and bond measures, which are really important to Calabasas. And uh, it would also perhaps increase the voter turnout for our elections, and they would both help each other. Um, by way of example, we're so much larger than Westlake Village, for example, but, but on election day in November for the school board races, the same raw number of voters came from Calabasas as from the city of Westlake despite the fact that, and, and they, their turnout was about three times our turnout, uh, percentage-wise. So those are some, some of my suggestions. Thank you for letting me go on at length, but I've given it a lot of thought, and I have worked on this over the years, and it just, we we're trying out different things to increase the turnout. Won't be, it will never be 50% or anything like that. It can be 30%, I think. All right, uh, Councilman Mauer. I also wanted to compliment you on these, this uh, public outreach strategy. It's a good idea, but I agree with everything you had to say. Um, I would rather see, or maybe we can continue this process and look at uh, making voting easier, more convenient, and um, more practical. I'm going to start with your last point, which was changing the voting date. I expected that there would be some information about how we do that so that we can proceed because we've talked about it after every election for years now about how sensible it would be to change the date into November. So I'd like to see something come back to us quickly, if possible, um, addressing changing the date. I was concerned about all of these ideas and your workload because I know when it's campaign or election season, you are very, very busy. So I would just uh, be careful that you don't um, bite off too much. Did you, I noticed that we put up some notices that we were looking for ideas, but did you have any voter, do any survey to residents? Did we do any resident outreach to get their input as why they might not vote or any kind of feedback at all? No feedback whatsoever. We did put it out, out there and we didn't so get any feedback. So zero public input? Zero. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I don't know what we could do about that other than have a special meeting or on that and, and ask for people to come. Um, a couple other, other... Other than her consultation with the League of Women Voters, but yeah. which was mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to hear from the voters that weren't voting. Why, why aren't they voting? A um, couple other suggestions as far as trying to look at out, outside the box, looking at drop-off ballots. I know we do it at the precincts, but we have some major thoroughfares. I don't know if it's possible that people could just drive up to Mulholland Highway, pull over, and drop off their ballot. 
Um, looking at ease is what I was, was hoping to find. And I think having more precincts is a great idea. If it's a cost factor, I think we should look at it immediately because we have a budget coming up. I know I had to, in Molewood, go all the way to Bay Laurel after, even though my local schools that I vote at all the time were available. So there is a problem with drawing lines. Um, you mentioned poll working recruitment would help. How would that, re how would that help with voter turnout? Well, not necessarily help the voter turnout, but help w w put the election out there for anybody. And it's so an area that you need. You yeah, wanna... recruiting poll Good. workers Great. lets people know that we're having an election, and hopefully. Okay. And um, I have a concern about the mayor, not this mayor, but any mayor. In fact, I was the mayor twice during my elections. A mayor sending a letter out during a campaign that they're in, asking students to vote. I, I think that could yeah. be problematic and I would rather see it come from a city manager. Right, that's not what occurred. What occurred was at graduation, you know, at, at the end of the year, which is not during the election, like oh, in May, it, June. In time, it, it, was in May, it was done in May for the It was done in May, June so before graduation. they graduated, we sent them a letter, congratulations, yeah. but you uh, should register to vote. Here's a registration card. Right, now you, in this but, but you weren't up for election, but imagine if I was up for election and I'm sending out a rem remember to vote letter. Right, well it's Scott, in May, so it's, a, it, could, it's, it could be, you don't the have closest a it okay. could be to the next election is 10 months in advance. Okay, well yeah. Scott doesn't seem to have a problem. I, I, to me it doesn't feel right. Um, and it's encouraging them to register to vote. Mm -hmm. right. So, that, and then the metrics, I didn't understand your metrics slide, how we measure how we're doing. I guess you look at the percentage of Correct. voters. Okay. So what we're trying to we're trying to do is increase what happened in twenty thirteen. Do, do you have a goal based on this? What you'd like to see? Well I'd like to see it increase. I don't know. Okay. I, no idea okay. what my goal is. All right. And it it would probably help to move it in November. So I, I that's that's my big request is that we get information about changing the voting date. Uh, Councilman Mark, just a couple of things on what what you mentioned. I talked a little bit to Councilmember Bazazian on on changing the date. And the suggestion that I made was a resolution of the council to the board of supervisors requesting the change of the date. We have worked or the, with, with the registrar voters and it's been like a stone wall on, on changing the date. So at some point it's got to go into the political thing. Uh, Councilmember Zajan recommended waiting until perhaps the election takes place uh, to see if, but, but, but that, there's an option to sending a resolution to the board so that the board considers and having it be formal that we're requesting that. It's probably a little too late for this our next right. election. I, I, right. I, would, I, would, uh, I would differ, I yeah. think. I would do it now, and if it's denied for any reason, you can do it again when we have a new supervisor. Sure. If no, no, no reason, I meant it's probably too late for our election cycle oh, it, in March yeah. of 20. And, and then as I, as I was thinking I about think. this with the clerk, we've got really three issues here. We have information where the voters know when they need to vote. I think we do a pretty good job of letting them know when election day is. The second one is the one that you brought up, which is the convenience of voting and making it as easy as we can to vote. And the third one, which is the most difficult, is the motivation to vote. And that is, do people really care enough about what's going on to actually get out? That's that's the toughest. And I use myself as a, and I was talking to, to Councilmember Martin, and I said it's like the community college district. I mean, I confess, I did not vote. <laughs> because frankly, I don't know enough about anybody there to cast an intelligent vote. And, and so it's a, it's a low, 
uh, and and I think many of our residents, it, it's the it's the motivation. I think that, and I and I don't know how to get at that. Actually, getting people that it's their civic duty to go out and to vote. Yeah. Well, we could make it easier. Yeah, we can make it easier. We can provide the information. I think that, that those two, we can, we can focus on. Okay, Councilwoman Martin. Um, I also agreed uh, what was being said, and I thought this last election, um, the information was, you know, it was out there. It was everywhere. Um, but uh, I also think that we should do a resolution to the County of Supervisors now and if it's denied then then we can do it again but I think we should you know at least look at that and I have to say that I agree with Councilmember Maurer that even though the election might be 10 months away if you're the mayor and you're running in that election that seems wrong to me that 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 still would be considered campaigning um, could it be just a letter that comes from city council members or just I don't know if it can come just from the city because but I don't think it it should come from one person in particular I I, I think that's a, a problem well we can we can get if, if you if you if you think it's worth it that the, the list of every graduating student and also maybe even in Agora because we got a lot of Calabasas students that that go to Agora High and find out the Calabasas uh, students and then just send them a personal letter and say congratulations, encouraging them to vote, and, and, then, uh, and then either either I sign it or the city clerk signs it or whoever uh, is a non-issue uh, signer. I think the city clerk signing it would be uh, really yeah. appropriate because you run the elections yeah. and everything. And, 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 we, and we do that to all the, to all the, the, eight, the seniors, basically 18 and above, and, and welcoming them to the first election. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and, and I concur with, you know, if we could change it to November where there's actually something else on the ballot that, that would make them go um, and, uh, and making it easier. Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Oh, uh, well, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, and I can certainly wait until uh, all council members have their say, but just in terms of the procedure for asking the Board of Supervisors to approve an election date under what they call 1301 of the Elections Code, you need to adopt an ordinance to do that. Uh, that ordinance becomes effective if approved by the Board of Supervisors. You could certainly do a resolution now, which essentially would act as a pulse of the Board of Supervisors to kind of get their temperature, if you will, if they would consider uh, approval of, a, of an ordinance. As, as I understand it, what they're going to look at is how many cities are they going to have to consolidate with for an election in November? And if they think they have too many, they may just deny it. But that ordinance would not become effective until the board approves it. You can do a resolution now, which essentially would be in the nature of an inquiry, a request. How do you feel about something of that nature? You can certainly do that now. But if you're already looking at trying to formalize a change, you would consider and adopt an ordinance, which would then go to the Board of Supervisors for approval. If they do not approve it, that ordinance does not become effective. The date doesn't change. So which, why add the step of the resolution? If you yeah, want to do yeah, it, just, just pass the ordinance, ordinance and right. send it over. Well, again, I, it's not for me to say. It's just the, with, I'm listening to the discussion, and there's some. With a cover letter talking about it. voter turnout and about out. how we're disappointed. I mean, we all. run our own elections, so it's, it, we're not asking them to do, uh, to do anything. In fact, 
if we moved it to November so it was consolidated with the school board and then we ran the election in Calabasas, we would be taking over from them the responsibility in those whatever seven or nine precincts of having to run the city the school board election separately and and, and saves a little bit of money too so we, we would you know and to get a, the, the, the practical aspects of it i leave for others to decide right. just the, the, the legal process in addition as part of that when you change the date for an election you have to look at whether or not you're going to decrease existing terms or increase existing terms for up to 12 months right <clears throat> so there is some impact on the existing terms as well when you change right. it. What, and what you are the, what, no, is there a increase. state law, is there some increase. state law guidance you, on that? You, the state law provides that you can either increase or decrease, but up to a maximum of 12 months. Okay. You can't, you can't decrease it. It's, there's actually a provision for a decrease or increase. I've not seen anyone decrease existing we terms. We there's, couldn't do that because you can't go from March of an e odd year back to the previous the November year. of an odd year. You yeah. can't so do it. So practically it wouldn't so be So you're either going to have to do it from March to the next November. You could not increase it by more than 12 months. Right. So, okay. so we'll prepare some kind of a draft and then, and then bring it forward for discussion, uh, probably an, an ordinance, and, and, and see where we go from there and bring it as quickly as we can bring it. Well, can you All bring right. an well, option let's, of let's, resolution Let's let everybody make their comments, and then we'll pull okay. the council as to okay. what they want to do. But I, I think we're heading in that direction. No. <laughs> All right. Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you. Thank you. I think you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I, I also am for the idea of uh, seeking to move the election. I think there's a reason that that wasn't received well in the past, and I would defer to my colleagues who are on the council who are more knowledgeable than I why the supervisors were not interested. They gave no reason. Denied. Yeah, I know it was requested previously, it was my understanding. Um, but I am for that. Uh, also, I want to thank Mari for the report <laughs> and the hard work. I think it's very well thought out and some excellent ideas. Um, as far as the voter turnout in general, I think, uh, and the request that those come here who don't vote or who do vote and explain what would get them more interested or excited to vote, I think the mayor's uh, State of the City address spoke well. People do not even know who is in office and the mayor in the city. Joking, of course. But um, I, I would love to have some input. I think people in Calabasas are generally extremely happy with the city, with the way it's run, with everything. And, and as part of that, they may be very interested, but they may not have a strong desire to get out and vote. And that may be, be the issue that at least I've seen in the past 20 years. Um, I think consolidation is an excellent idea. I think some of the other suggestions as far as making it easier for people to reach a polling place or to vote uh, make great sense. And that's it. Thanks. All right. Well, Mari, thank, thank you. We, I do appreciate uh, the report. Lucy, Lucy. Um, the report tells us a couple things. Uh, first of all, if you are consolidated with other elections, and I, I don't know about, I mean, I think it's a, a small step to consolidate it with the November election, which would add the school board. Um, but if you look at the statistics that come from the cities that hold their city election with presidential gubernatorial elections, they get, that's when you go from 20% turnout to a 60, 70, 80% turnout. You know, on the day Barack Obama was elected, 83% of the people in Camarillo showed up to vote, including in the city election. We're not getting to 83%, uh, probably, unless we are also on presidential election uh, ballots. Um, uh, the, 
one, I realize you didn't get responses from Agoura and Westlake, which would be our most closely compared, but there is, there is some data available publicly on that that we probably should have. Mm -hmm. But my, and my understanding is Agoura is very similar to us. They run at the same 20%, low 20%, sometimes dip below 20% turnout for uh, municipal elections. Westlake has, for whatever reason, had a history of slightly better turnout. Um, Although their turnouts have been lower lately. They used to be 40, 50%. They used to get 45% turnouts for city elections in Westlake. Lately, they're into the 30s. Um, uh, but for whatever reason, they do have some bit of uh, a culture of higher turnout on elections. Uh, by the way, our 20% was mimicked in the city of Los Angeles, where $10 million or more was spent on television advertising by a gaggle of major candidates for an open mayoral seat, and they got 20 or 21 percent turnout. I mean, it was almost the exact same turnout that we had. Um, so, I think consolidation is something that we uh, that we do need to um, uh, that we need to look at. And um, uh, I will poll the council, but uh, I th I don't think we do a resolution. If we think it's a good idea, let's pass it and send it up, and and then go over there and and make our case and see. Uh, what they're willing to do. I think it's, I, I, I especially think it's helpful, even if it doesn't up our turnout much, it will up our turnout in the school board election, which I think is very important. Um, uh, and uh, in fact, a case could be made that the last uh, school bond measure that did not pass by a very small uh, measure probably would have passed if Calabasas turnout was 20% instead of 10% on that day. Um, because the vote in Calabasas in favor of that was running higher than the uh, than the percentage that was needed there. So, and and it lost by oh, you know it was within a one percent or something, uh, something uh, of of passing. So I think that that is important. And then and then maybe it's easier to promote voter participation <clears throat> in certainly in in uh, forums like the Acorn and others. You could you, we could collaborate with Westlake and Agura and the school district to all promote uh, voter turnout if all of our elections are, are, uh, are on the same day. So I think it, it, is, um, it is worthwhile uh, doing. A couple things that I do think were uh, missing, and by the way, I, I did write a letter last May to all the graduating seniors. I congratulated on graduating and I, said, and I sent them a voter registration card. Um, this did not help me find anyone at the Commons who knew that I was mayor. Um, so I don't, I, you know, and, and I think the letter coming from the mayor is nicer than coming from the city clerk or the city manager, and I just don't think it's any great advantage, uh, even if, and, and of course I'm not up for election for two years at that point, but um, so, I, I, you know, I have a disagreement, but not one worth a huge fight over. Um, the one thing that does one thing that I think is a little bit of the low-hanging fruit is uh, permanent vote-by-mail ballots. Um, we have 15,000 registered voters. I think we have close to 5,000 permanent vote-by-mails. So 33% of our registered voters get a ballot 30 days before the election mailed to their house. And it is, and by the way, the, turn, the return rate on that is a little higher than voter turnout it's like 30% instead of 22%, but it's nowhere near, 
you know, 50 or 70%. You would think this is a ballot people have asked for. They said, please send me a ballot for every election. The ballot shows up 30 days in advance. If it doesn't go in the garbage right away, it sits on the kitchen table for 30 days and only 30% of the people are turning those in. That to me is a little bit of a low hanging fruit. I don't know what legally you're allowed to do, but I, I imagine you could send a reminder or a note or a postcard to those people saying, um, you know, you've received your ballot. We, you know, please return your ballot by such such a day. Here's the rules. It needs to be turned in by such a day, or turn it in at the, um, you know, at the polling place on such a day. Or, you know, I I think you can do that. I don't see any reason. It doesn't tell not telling you who to vote for or anything. So you mean I, you could do that to just a class of voters? I don't know about that. Well, these are well, people with ballots who, with with who have absentee. The ballots. way I'm understanding it, uh, Mr. Mayor, members of council, is that the city would invest the funds essentially to send out notices to those who've requested absentee ballots to remind them that they've been sent an absentee ballot and that here Don't are the regulations you need to turn it in by. Here's the last date to send it in. Yeah. Here's the, you can drop it off in any precinct up to 8 p.m. on election day and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not hearing that you're looking for a specific class of voters other than to those who would request it. Everyone who got an absentee, right. who got a permanent vote by mail ballot. I don't think that's prohibited either I mean, by the elections you, code or the government. You probably could even send, you know, uh, do it to everybody. Send it two I mean, weeks after the notice, after the ballots go out two weeks later, and the ones you've already gotten in, you can cross off the list, you know, because frankly, it's not that many. That, and you could then send them, hey, just a reminder that you were sent a ballot. If you didn't get it, call us. If you, know, if you have it, turn it in by such a day, mail it by such a day. Uh, you know, would that up the turnout on that group of ballots? Um, I think it might, you know, it may be. That, that's just another idea. Um, these are people who at least at some point in time showed interest in voting because they filled out, you have to apply to get that absentee ballot. Or they, I keep calling an absentee ballot, should be called a vote by, by mail. mail ballot at this point yeah. in time. Mr. Mayor, as you've been talking, I, I kind of was thinking that, that what comes next to council is a timeline basically of actions. And it could be that we start a campaign earlier to get people to register to vote by mail mm -hmm. and, 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 and then Put, put in some steps and then when, when the banners go up, when we're gonna make the robocalls, when we're gonna do, so that there's a whole program of actions that the council reviews and says this is what we're gonna do at the next election and we can do it fairly soon and just have it in place like D minus 60, you know, 60 days before the election, we're gonna do these kind of things and then 30 days, 10 days, whatever the heck it, it winds up being. Okay. Um, so that was, uh, that was an idea that I had with regard to to that group, uh, which I consider maybe more likely to be, go from a non-voter to a voter than, than other groups of voters. Um, this report did not talk at all about our Chamber of Commerce or business community. Um, they certainly could participate in voter turnout. They could, you know, we could have little, uh, you know, tabletop, countertop, things that, e that either have voter registration forms or that have uh, informa you know, information, a little card on how to, you know, what, what the election days are, things like that. And, and that could be spread out amongst, uh, you know, frankly, our voters are much more likely to go to uh, the drugstore, the grocery store, the cleaners, uh, or the restaurant than they are to one of our city facilities. And, um, and so maybe, and I'm I have a hunch the chamber would be happy to participate and there may be some role for uh, for them to play in at least 
publicizing voter registration and electing. I wonder if the grocery stores would be willing to stick a something in, you know, as people come through in a bag or something, if we gave it to them. Because every, everybody who yeah. goes to the grocery stores here is a resident of Calabasas, mostly. Yep. And so you get an audience that uh, that's almost everybody who buys food here is probably lives here or very close. Well, we have to note, though, that there are 15,000 537 registered voters oh, in Calabasas. Yeah. They know. They know. You know, you know there's an election coming up. You know, you, you're getting the robocalls. You've got the candidates knocking at your door. You've got the flyers. You've got the banners up. I don't think outreach is as much an issue as they just they're happy with the city and they don't vote unless there's yeah. some hot issue or something that's yeah. happening that they want change. You're right. Um, I, I mean, it's, it, we have 15,000 registered voters, and these are educated people that, that are aware elections are coming up and everything, so, you know. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I was in the middle of my comments. I don't necessarily disagree agree with that, but um, for whatever reason, we are not fostering, you know, sort of a culture of participation in these elections, and maybe this kind of a of a campaign. Look, I go back to ideas when I was uh, involved in politics younger. We, we used to used to show your voter stub and get uh, a box of donuts or a free movie ticket. I remember all <laughs> ice cream at Thrifties. There were all kinds of things that you used to get by showing that. I'm not suggesting necessarily that we do that, and uh, but uh, that was. That was, you know, some of the old-fashioned voter turnout uh, stuff that undoubtedly some of our residents would uh, probably uh, Brian go for. Of course, we'd have to have a donut shop in order to do the donuts, but... Uh, Brian has an anecdotal story of, 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 of going right now, isn't it? 36, Council, 36, a, 36 short? Public, we have a member of public that wants to address us. So obviously, it, I, I'll ask your permission if that's okay. If you'll allow that. Okay, if you would introduce yourself. When you're done, if you'll fill out a card for the record, but go ahead. Uh, Brian Cameron, I live in Calabasas. I'm, this is a fascinating, fascinating topic. And I think it's very indicative that right now the number of city council members outnumbers the audience. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of an anecdote for, or an analogy for what's going on. One of the things that I've been hearing is comments on lack of interest or hot topic or and the thought going through my mind is do we really know why people aren't voting mm -hmm. I mean we, we've been speculating as to why yeah. do we have has there been any kind of survey I would imagine that there have been yeah. at least national statewide surveys indicating why people vote why people don't vote Maybe that would be a starting point to addressing the core issue and getting to those people who haven't voted. I think the idea of uh, all of the things you're kicking around are, are wonderful and, and helpful, and, and Mari, I, I think you're doing a, uh, a great job in service as well. But until we get to the core reason and understanding what it is that the city is facing in terms of getting voters, it, uh, I mean, we're just kind of flailing around. And yeah, we're, 
as Tony mentioned, the, the Oaks is currently going through our annual election process. And uh, unlike you, our votes don't count unless we get at least 50%. And uh, we're within, actually we're within 13 votes as of uh, tonight. But <laughs> and sometimes it, re sometimes it requires going door to door. But uh, uh, anyhow, uh, that was my thought. I mean, if we can find the root causes and there, there's got to be some studies out there that would indicate that. And con yeah, and convenience and making it where there's something else on the ballot that I think if we combined. Yes, thank you. We do have another card. Michael Brockman. Oh, Mr. Mayor, Good is evening. this getting uh, a hand? I will make it brief. Everyone? No, sorry. I think. I don't know if we can have everyone, everyone in the audience Everybody speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you touched on a very core issue. And Brian, I think you're beginning to get close to the source of what needs to be done. There needs to be, the, the biggest problem with the indifference on the part of people is because they don't understand the importance really of the vote. I know it sounds crazy to say that, but they don't. And something Lucy was saying before about unless there's one of about two issues that are on the table, if they're not on the table, they just don't care. There's got to be a way of trying to come up with a campaign, and we were going to be talking about this at our meeting, our next meeting, as a matter of fact, our next commission meeting. Um, find a way in a way in which, Fred, you did with the State of the City address. You engaged them right from the top. You showed uh, uh, a sense of, uh, of, of humility for yourself. Didn't take it too important, but didn't know when to make it important. You've got to be able to try and take the idea of voting and try almost like you were creating a product in, in some kind of an advertising campaign that conveys to, the, to the, the residents before you get into the actual voting for any candidates the importance of participation. And I, don't know, I, I know these are a lot of words and I don't know what to do, but I think I'm going to try and get our commission to put our heads together and see if we can come up with a couple of ideas of what might be, might be going. There might even be like an ad agency that is willing to, to do something pro bono to come up with an idea about whether we can really incentivize people to recognize the importance of getting out to vote. You're giving them all the means, that's for sure. I mean, and, and, uh, the, the, uh, and even in going after the, the register, the, um, um, vote by mail. Vote by mail. You're only hitting one third of the uh, the registered voters anyway, so it's got to be done on a broader basis. And there's some new technique has got to be found to do that. I, I I know that it's easy to say and not so easy to do. But Thank I'd you, like, Michael. Like us to take a ch chance uh, to cracking it and see what we can come up yeah. with. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Look, it's a um, and and it's a national it's a national problem in uh, in terms of local you know local elections and it you know going back to my political science days you know the number one factor in how people vote and whether they vote is party affiliation this is this is why to this day even though if if you chatted with someone for a minute they would tell you that their local government is probably way more important to their daily life there's who their school board member is who their council member is to their what they do every day the library the street they drive on the trash that gets picked up their sheriff their library they'll they're four times more likely to vote in a presidential election when it's the the blue against the red and they know what side they're on because uh, they were born that way um, than they are in a local election where um, uh, you know to some extent taking the partisanship out of the local election reduces the voter turnout and the voter uh, uh, emotion uh, in 
a in in nonpartisan elections in nonpartisan local elections. Um, so there's all kinds of factors. It, you have raised an interesting questions to studies, and I know that Mari looked for some of that, um, and the, and. Uh, and I actually looked a little bit, and it wasn't obvious that there were people who had done any detailed, you know, surveys and you know, real uh, work, at least that was readily available on a on a first level Google search type th type of uh, of review. Um, and we we have not spent the time or money to do that and to survey people. I mean, you certainly could do that, and to do it right and professionally, you'd have to spend spend some money and, and actually do that kind of a survey. And I'm not suggesting that, although I'm not completely against the idea either. Maybe at the library. What? Maybe at the library have a form that goes yeah. with books. And, and you can always have a form and stuff, but that's, that's not the same as a, as a professional, you know, a well-done professional statistically significant survey. Um, so um, uh, I, I appreciate those comments. I think having the commissions discuss this uh, not, you know, frankly, all the commissions, if they wanted to, could have a discussion of this. Um, uh, I'll, I'll suggest it to them, but leave it to them as to whether they want to do it uh, and, and provide additional, um, uh, uh, you know, comment on that. The, um, so I do think that, uh, the, I do think the consolidation moving towards the, no, the, the November election is a, is a good idea. Um, I do think that uh, adding a business component to this, trying to in engage our business community is something that uh, else we can do. Um, I do think that we may be able to do a little bit of a targeted outreach in addition to what you already talked about to those vote by mail um, people. Um, people talk about the convenience of voting. I don't know. I, I don't want to say no. I mean, I guess if you can make it easier, but it's pretty darn easy. I mean, between the vote by mail and I mean there are polling places all over the, uh, the city I mean it's really not that you, you, even with our seven locations you can't be more than a couple of few minutes as long as you're not re put in the wrong as long as you're not in the Oaks and put in the uh, uh, Las Virginis Road district you're absolutely right about that but anyone else in the city is not more than three minutes five minutes from a polling place um, and uh, um, and probably passing even closer to that as they go to and from on their on their day. So I don't. And to me, that's not as much a much of an issue, in unless and until the world goes to some kind of uh, you know internet voting where you can actually just sit and at your home and do that. Which we're not quite there yet, but I imagine we'll we'll all be there at some point shortly. Um, so those are some of the things that, I, that I'd like to see. So maybe when the resolution comes back, or excuse me, the draft ordinance, we could have a follow-up on some of these other issues that were raised tonight and, and have it, those could be integrated into, your, into the calendar. I like Tony's idea that Absolutely. maybe you come back with the ordinance and the calendar of all, the, of all these things. Activities. Um, and so um, that's, that would be my suggestion, but let me go through the council if there's anything that we missed or anyone else who would like to make an a additional or final comment on this. I just have a question, a clarification. Why can't we consolidate with a presidential? It, the, the, the answer has always been that the, the ballot is too full and that they're not adding any more uh, cities to that ballot. County doesn't allow they, that at all. They, they, yeah, they won't. And, but I would be opposed to that for the following reason. And it is that, you know, if you do that, 
we're at the very bottom of the ballot. It gives people, the challengers in particular, a complete disadvantage and an inability to get the word out, have the focus be on city issues, educate the public. I mean, then you're talking about being drowned out by a much larger election going on where our issues are totally unaddressed. And, and I think there is some value in having a separate election date, not maybe on our own, but one where city issues are dominant and people have a chance to really address what we're talking about here locally in the city as opposed to nationally. I mean, how would you campaign? Well, you in can't a argue cycle? with the turnout of our neighboring cities that have theirs during a presidential cycle. They 80 don't. and 82%. Oh, well, that's Ventura County. Right? They, they do that. We, LA County doesn't allow that. Well, my point was going to be that in the ordinance that we ask first for to be consolidated on a presidential election day, and if, if not that, then consolidated into the, the uh, school district. But 80% in the last election, and before that, their lowest in the past three cycles was in the 60s. That's three times as many voters participating, even with the with your, your points, and, and I think the objective is, is to get voter turnout. That's just my thought. Mr. City Attorney, do you know whether any of the cities in LA County have their municipal election during the uh, even year general election? They do, state yes. Several do, uh, but they stopped allowing that about 50 years ago, I think. I so Downey has Mr. Mayor, it. members of the council, I really don't have that information okay. off the top of my head. Downey has it, and a few of the older, older cities that did it like 100 years ago. but. Nothing recently. Yeah, well, I think it, about it, five cities have it. I need to get some clarification, okay, Mr. Mayor, members of council. I need to get some clarification. Uh, in my earlier comments about the need to have the board of supervisors approve an ordinance changing the election date, that's only for specific election dates: the primary election date, the statewide general election date, uh, an election consolidated with a school district. If you're looking at one of the other election dates, and there's only five of them that you can use under for a general law city, you don't need the Board of Supervisors approval for those. So I, I need some clarification from you as to what date or dates we're looking at. All right. The, 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 what I was suggesting, and there seemed to be, I mean, Mary Sue wants to go further to the, the presidential election, I understand, but was to move it to the November, from March to November of the odd-numbered year. So it would be on the same day as our school board election. Uh, and it would be the same day as the election, the city elections in the city of Agur and Westlake. So, but that's what we're talking about. So we're not moving it to either a state, you know, to any even year election, which would be a state uh, gubernatorial election or presidential election. We're just moving it in the exact same odd numbered year, but from March to November. Scott, the reason we're trying to get the Board of Supervisors involved is because the registrar or voter has refused to consider that move. And they just said no. Right. Because we, we, we've asked that before. And that's the, the school district election date is an election date that requires an ordinance that the Board of Supervisors must approve. And so because you're going to be consolidating with them, unless you want to run your own election. Well, we, we do, do want to run we our do. own election. We, we will run our own election. Like we do run does. our election. And we'd, be, we'd run the city, we'd, we'd run the school board election in our city if they would, if, uh, I they imagine do. they would let us do that. If they would let us do that. Well, whenever there is an item required. that gets on our ballot, we run, we run that election. So um, 
So are you saying for that date we do or do not need uh, Well, it, again, it appears that, I have to do a little more research on it, but the day of the school district elections as set forth in Elections Code 1302 requires an ordinance to be approved by the Board of Supervisors. So I need to look at it a little bit more if that's the date, and that's why I'm asking you some clarification to see what I have to look at. And it's state initiatives, too, because they're on that ballot also sometimes, right? No. Aren't, aren't there no, 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 no initiatives anymore? Not, not, not yeah, that's right. You change. Here, here's my thoughts. So, so, Scott, did you say that if we move to a presidential even, then it would have to be approved by who? The Board of Supervisors. Okay. We would have to adopt I, an ordinance. I think we need to have the public weigh in on both options, both on um, citing your concerns, but also looking at the huge voter turnout in neighboring communities, looking at the pros and cons of having it on a presidential uh, election day versus consolidating with the school board. And I would like to see us do a, um, somehow get the word out that we're discussing this so that people can weigh in. Uh, we have three people here. This is a huge decision. And I would like to hear more from the public. And, and maybe that's a survey question at the library, something informal, handing people. Um, these are the pros and cons of the two dates. What do you think? And let's get some, some public input on this. Okay, well, the idea is that it will be on a council agenda uh, and it will be publicized. Now, we are going to have a discussion on Saturday at our special meeting about public notice. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to do it. I just, I don't know what you, what, uh, I'm open okay, to suggestions. So, so, yeah, what you would want to do let me, let me. to advertise that particular meeting and that particular uh, action that we're going to take. I'm, I'm, well, we have a media department that has an expertise in public outreach for starters, so. Mm -hmm. I would look to them, but if you wanted to do something quick and efficiently, the library has a lot of people. We could have people with clipboards asking questions. It could be informal, but I think it would be better than doing nothing. Um, okay, let's, let's have that discussion as part of the discussion that we have agendized for Saturday on, out on notice and, and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and so forth. But. Um, uh, I thought, I thought that, Mari, you said you did send out a survey and there was no response. We publicized it on the website through the bus and um, um, it was on the CTV crawl. We didn't get anything. We're not going to get it much. Has yes. to be people to keep, it has to be contact with people. This is pretty basic. Um, you, your robocall gives people an option. We, we, can, do a robo, we can do a robocall Just survey. Press they press people. one if you want the yes, press two if no, that, that, that kind of thing. So you can ask a, li a limited set of questions, but you can ask, sure. you can ask questions. Right. Uh, but but let, me, let me just, uh, so what I've got as a comeback is, is Scott's going to research the, whether by ordinance we can consolidate with the county. Now the date is one that if, if, if James is correct, I mean it isn't going to happen if, 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 if it hasn't happened for 100 years. Well, but, it's 100. But but we'll but but we'll 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 check on that. And then the the thing is the second one is a, as a milestones kind of thing about actions that we that we want to take. And then the third thing is what Councilmember Mauer just brought up, which is uh, some kind of a survey. Now we can do maybe a survey monkey thing to every address that we have uh, in the uh, in the city. Mm -hmm. I mean that we have in our in our database there from e news and from whatever. And so let me talk to Deborah a little bit about maybe some kind of, a, <laughs> a, of, of an informal survey, 
but at least it, it gives the council some data. And, and, and asking if they haven't, if they're not a regular voter, why not? And maybe there's some options. Yeah, right. Because I think it's, the, it's, it's that motivation thing that we got at. I mean, because uh, the, the real telling statistic here is how many people get absentee ballots and how many people send them in. Because there's no excuse there. I mean, you can't, it can't be any easier than putting on the stamp. But yet, what is it? Is it about a third of our absentees or our permanent vote by mail actually voted? I think that's about right. Uh, and and so you've got that whole thing. And how, what's the excuse there? Yeah. It, it's, it's one of motivation. It's, it's either they don't know what's going yeah. on or they just don't feel like it or they don't think it's important. <coughs> that, that's what we're... Right. I mean, one thing we didn't discuss is the, what I call the self-fulfilling prophecy of modern campaigns. I mean, because we can identify who the 20% are, we campaign to the 20%. Exactly. So if you're one of the 80%, I mean, not only have you not voted in the past, you're not getting a piece of mail, you're not getting a phone call, you're not getting a knock on the door. Um, uh, I did. For, for the mo in, in most campaigns. And, and so, um, so, you know, that adds to the fact that they're not uh, uh, showing up. But anyway, um, so we can require one to mail to everyone and talk to everybody. Uh, I'm not sure we can do that, but um, but that that actually would probably help if uh, people if if that's how things ran. But they don't. Um, the other part, Mary Sue, you have to consider about consolidating. If we consolidate on on a LA County ballot, one wouldn't we wouldn't run our own election. Two, uh, it would be at the it would be at the end of a long ballot. Three, the votes go out to Norwalk, disappear into the black hole, to where you would get a result. <laughs> Sometime way, way, way later. So there are, there are. It's a big change. That's a, it is a big, big change. I mean, you realize that means that a voter can't yeah. come down to city hall, pick up an, a ballot because they misplaced theirs. I mean, right. there's a whole bunch it, of it things. That I keep looking at 80, 82 well, percent well, voter number, turnout. That's the same number it would be in Calabasas on presidential elections. We have 70 plus percent voter turnout, um, and uh, you know, I. I, I understand it. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily against it. I do think James is correct that we're not going to get approved for that, and that's why I'm willing to ask for the, um, for at least the small first step of consolidating into the odd-numbered November and, election. And perhaps, it, when this does come back to us, we could get some type of analysis of the pros and cons, maybe from the League of Women Voters or, or something. Not anecdotally, so much, but statistically um, and 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 um, organizationally like you've cited we lose control here but okay um, I had I had laid out what I thought was the consensus of the council on moving forward does anyone have any additional comments or concerns about that or do they feel comfortable allowing uh, the city manager city attorney city clerk to come back with this item you know in a month, probably, is it enough time? Well, can we get, when it comes back, can we get the option of a, I'm not, because we don't have all the answers tonight, a resolution versus an ordinance versus, I just want the whole option on so we can make a decision that night. Well, yes. Even, Mr. Mayor, members of council, even if we don't need an ordinance 
to go to the Board of Supervisors for approval, we're still going to need to amend our code by, ord by ordinance. So again, uh, the, a resolution, as uh, I think the mayor indicated, might be unnecessary uh, unless you're really just trying to test the waters with the Board of Supervisors. But, but, but what we want to if we're going to amend our look at amending our election date, even if we run our own election, you're still going to need to do it by ordinance. Our aim was to get the support of the Board of Supervisors to, to, to allow us to do this over the objection of the Registrar of Voters. I really think that that's, that's what's in play here because the Registrar of Voters has said no. And that, that would be the type of ordinance, it would be an ordinance right. that would need to be approved by the Board of Supervisors right. to allow us to essentially well, Whatever it is, on. I'd like all the options on the table so that we don't have to continue it and, again. And, and that's and, what I have in my okay. notes is to okay. bring back all, all these options. I would like to suggest that the city manager reach out to Supervisor Yaroslavsky and let him know that we are discussing this. Um, he might have some valuable input. Okay. Can I, can I ask one we're any for yes sorry one we're looking at as a first potential election date is it 15 is it 17 that does have some bearing on what what we, we well, might I need some we guidance discussed, we discussed today was doing it potentially for the next election I mean but uh, we'll we'll look at whether that's okay. appropriate according to the timeline that that okay. can be part of the discussion that should okay. certainly be one of the options, is uh, whether it be for the next election or a future election. Okay. Anything else on this? All right, there's no action that's needed. Um, we will move to the check register. Are there any questions or comments regarding the check register? All right, seeing none, task force reports. Do we have any task force reports? None? Okay, the city manager's report has been completed unless the city manager has any additional comments. Nope. Future agenda items. I am very pleased to announce we have made some progress on our future agenda items, in yeah. case you haven't noticed. Yes. And, uh, and we are going to make tremendous progress on them. We do have a special meeting. People should be aware it has been noticed. Uh, it was noticed beyond the, the legally required notice, um, which is only 24 hours for special meetings. But the agenda has already been out, posted with all the materials. On Saturday, we're going to have a special meeting workshop on three items that have sort of trailed along um, for a number of months that are going to take a little time. Uh, those three items are one, uh, there's a draft set of city council protocols that has been put forward and they are available uh, now on the website uh, and uh, here at City Hall if, you're, if you need to see them for, and that's going to be one item. The second item is a report that we had uh, tabled um, relating to consultation with other agencies relating to various types of permit applications and uh, uh, different programs that we have where we consult with other agencies, how we do that, what the legal requirements are. Um, and that had been on our agenda and came up late one night. We put it off. And third, this issue related to notice that has been come up in a number of different contexts. Uh, there's a, uh, the staff put together a very nice report on um, the, what, it, what are our rules on notice on all different types of uh, of things in the city, different types of permits, different types of uh, um, items that come before commissions and council. And, uh, and so they're going to make a report on that and then we can have a discussion uh, in more detail uh, on some of the issues, particularly that Mary Sue has raised as to how we go about giving notice on various items. The idea is this meeting is going to start at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning here. Um, 
Uh, it is going to be televised. It is, are we doing informal dress? Is that I am. Okay. The last, I wore a tie. <laughs> that took, that, a, that took of, a long time. Took to a lot of, uh, <laughs> of gruff because I wore a tie. I will not wear a tie. Um, uh, we have three items, uh, roughly about one hour an item. Uh, they do have some staff reports or task force report and then discussion. And the idea to be done by noon, they asked me if, if I short lunch. I said, nope, no lunch. That way you'll get hungry and the meeting will end. So um, <laughs> we're, uh, but we will, will have some, some coffee we'll have and, some coffee and bagels and so forth, yeah. but no uh, lunch. So nine to noon on Saturday uh, here on those three items. And um, let's see, with that, anyone else have anything else on future uh, agenda items? Okay, then uh, it is time to adjourn. Um, tonight, uh, I, made, I made a little bit of a mistake last time and I, I uh, misspoke about our adjourn in memory. Last meeting, we adjourned in memory, in memory of Julia Simon. Julia was my neighbor, lived across the street from me. One of the original homeowners bought her house brand new on, on Paul Revere Drive and she uh, passed away. And, and her grandson, Ryan, who is one of the assistant coaches for the Calabas High basketball team, has moved into the house. So he's living across the street. But um, tonight we are adjourning in memory of uh, Sandy Singer. Sandy is the mother of Carla uh, Perlmutter. Carla and Tom Perlmutter are longtime Mulwood Heights residents, uh, a great Calabasas family. Their kids, Julie and Michael, went through the schools. Um, Carla was PFC president at, at, uh, at um, Chaparral Elementary School. Tom was uh, one of the founding school site council members at, at AC Stell Middle School. And uh, if you don't like what Jill is doing on, on the school board, you can blame Carla, because it was Carla who said, Jill, I want you to be my co-president at, uh, at uh, Chaparral Elementary School. And that's what got her involved in, uh, in PFCs and, and, uh, and bond measures and, and all the things that she's done since then. Um, Sandy was a nurse for her uh, in, entire life. She had six kids, 18 grandkids. And uh, after she finished um, nursing, she volunteered at the Getty Center for more than 10 years. She spent her final years in the Alzheimer's unit at the Los Angeles Jewish Home in, in, in Reseda and is survived by her husband of 59 years, uh, Dr. Uh, Bill Singer. So we uh, adjourn in memory tonight of Sandy Singer. We have a certificate that we'll present to the Perlmutter family. Uh, with that, any further, anything else to come before the council? Is there a motion to adjourn? It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 We are adjourned. Thank you.